You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Back again for the Wednesday hump day halfway through episode of Locked On ACC. Hope you guys are having a great start to your week. I got AJ Black from Locked On Boston College in the building, and we are ready to kick things off here. After we tell you about fantasy football, listen, Locked On Fantasy Live will be tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern streaming on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. You can subscribe now so you don't miss it. Our stable of fantasy experts will answer your questions live, or you can submit them ahead of time on Twitter at Locked On Network. AJ, I hope you've had a great start to your week and you're ready to reveal your list of coaches rankings for the ACC college football. Oh, I am. I'm energized. Every week we get closer to this, the start of the season. It's what, like 14 days away now. And I am just getting more and more excited for football to return. I got my, my fantasy. I know you just talked about fantasy, uh, live NFL fantasy draft. I have my team drafts all set up and I have to do better than last year where I went into the season with Cam Newton as my quarterback and tanked hard. <laughs> listen I am so like not in the zone yet of feeling like it's football because I guess these games don't count so I'm like preseason I just need to get through and we actually have like live these count for money these count for points we're here ready to go and I just feel like maybe I'll get the juju back and also with college football I'm just excited to see you know guys that we've all talked about and hyped up all summer kind of get into the thick of it because, you know, everyone's uh, big games. We've seen these stati- these uh, polls come out, but it all goes to wash when we get ready to play the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it. The talk is starting to get more and more interesting as scrimmages continue to happen and you hear more and more reports about things popping up. And yeah, yeah, just gets the blood going. Absolutely. And hoping that these guys stay healthy and they're very encouraging. You know, encouragement starts from the top. And that's why we have these coaches rankings to go over. We've seen a lot of different lists come out, but of course our guys are the experts here. So, you know, they have firsthand knowledge of why they pick the ones that they do. So here we go. And starting out number five, AJ, tell me who your top five coach is in the ACC. So when I went over this, this list, I used for my own, you know, metric, I was thinking like, who's the like top to bottom, the best coaches in terms of on the field, you know, recruiting, the way that they've worked their program and the way that they've created success in their program. So I had my top five. I thought were pretty easy for me to pick. Yeah. My number one, I think number one's going to be Sue. I actually go in reverse order. Number five for me, I'm a Boston college guy and uh, (laughs) I'm going to go with Jeff Halfley. So here's why. And I'll tell you why. And I saw JJ had him dead last yesterday. And yeah, uh, (laughs) I guess spicy on on the socials. Please do. We would love, I would love to hear your takes, but tell me why you fat, he's number five first and tell me why he shouldn't be last. Maybe it's all in one swoop. Feel free. Okay. So I, I I'm guessing JJ said because he is a first year coach and he won six games out of 11 last year. And I get yep. that. He did that with a new, he, he did all that as a new head coach in the middle of COVID. He didn't have his players for half of the summer. He didn't have half, you know, he didn't get to practice with them. He basically threw them on the field, tried to coach them up and got them going. 
that in itself, just for one year, should move you up quite a bit in the ACC. That shows you, I mean, and you're talking about coaching in the, the face of adversity. He did that. Like every other coach that you put in here, um, they, they all, except for Scott Satterfield, I think was new last year as well. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them had been there before. And that, I think for halfway to win 11, uh, six of 11 games and hang in with Duke, hang in with UNC, battle with Notre Dame for most of the game. That shows you what kind of coach he is. And to see it continuing with the recruiting he's got on the field, that for me can't be last. It just doesn't make sense for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I totally understand it and I get it. And like, I, he, I, he wouldn't be last for me. It's going to be very difficult come Friday when I have to pick a guy to get to the bottom. Because again, everyone pulls at my heartstrings and honestly, all of them can you know, talk me into running through a brick wall, I suppose. Maybe, maybe a couple know. But even other than that, I really feel like Coach Halfley like just hearing him, you can just tell he did not have a lot to work with last season. And it was just almost like he was working. He pulled off miracles. I mean, you know, say that as much as I can yep. say, right. He yep. definitely did a lot with um, almost nothing. And so to me, what kind of expectations we should have for coming into this season? I think he's going to win eight games. That's just, I mean, that just might be a little bit ambitious, but I feel like if your quarterback finally learns to play, Hell, you you've already put yourself halfway over the hump of last. Yep, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Like he has that winner mentality. He showed yeah, it yeah. against met, most. He just not going to back down. I mean, he went in uh, during, you know, summer camp, uh, summer media season and said, I want to be Dabo. That was what he told a reporter. Mm-hmm. And that's one of his goals. So he's not a guy like Steve Adazio, who used to be at Boston College. You know, fans would roll their eyes and I'd roll my eyes. Listen to him make excuses every single year. We're young on defense. We're young. We're injured. But, you know, he could make a million different excuses. Jeff Halfley is not that at all. He's like, this is what we have. Yeah, that part stinks or whatever we have. That's tough. We're going to roll past this because that's what's given to us. And we're going to play with what we have. Absolutely. And another notch on his belt is that he's seen guys play at the highest level. And he really I mean, we all know the coaching trees are so widespread out here, but he's seen that NFL talent. He knows what it takes. And so I think really pouring into his Boston college guys, especially, you know, that O-line with Alec Lindstrom and um, Mr. Johnson, we're trying to figure out how to get them to the next level. And they're certainly on the right way. So number five, good. Number four, what you got? All right. I'm going to go with Manny Diaz. And here's why. Okay. Everyone is high on Manny. Okay. Okay. I like him. I think, you know, a coach for me, you know, they went, I think they went eight and four last year, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think you've, we've waited since Jimmy Johnson or, you know, maybe a coach after him, Randy Shannon, for someone to bring the U back. We've been waiting for the U to come back for ages now. And I think Manny Diaz is the coach to bring the U back. And I like what he does. I think he's a sound coach. I think he does. Um, he's getting the recruiting down. I think his play on, on the field is, is good. Um, and I, I just think that he's, he's the coach that's going to get Miami back into contention in the coastal year after year. And probably he's going to be the guy that gets them back into a top 25, uh, program year after year as well. So when they got beat by Carolina and beaten badly, (laughs) do you think it was more so just the indication of how good Carolina is getting or just Miami was having an off day? Yeah. I, you know, he's not there yet. He's not there yet. and. I, 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 you know, my I, last year, UNC, as you know, you watched them, Candace. Like, yeah, 
they had a lot of talent and it, depending on the matchup that they had, they could exploit them. And they, they, they had quite the matchup against Miami and they, they beat them pretty hard and pretty quickly. And um, I, I think that was just, uh, just a fluke, but we'll have to see this year, see if they can get their revenge. I don't, I don't know with Derek, Derek King seems pretty confident going into this year. He surely does. And I also think just getting over the hump with the Mac Brown, Manny Diaz situation and him being, you know, his former defensive coordinator. It's one of those like having he, he has that chip. So I think, it, you know, I always I joke even on this show and say that Mac Brown probably is not much of the X knows these days, but more of just a game manager and like telling guys like absolutely not or absolutely great. You know, those kind of things pumping people up. But uh, I, I definitely feel like Manny Diaz has that one circle and for sure to have that revenge game because you can't have Carolina embarrassing. Not especially not even in the division. Yeah, I mean, they they that's going to be one of the games that they, as you said, they're circling that they're gonna they're gonna. Derek King is going to be jazzed up for that game, and that that roster is going to, you know, they they want to bring the U back. That's a game to bring the U back. A hundred percent. Well, I want to hear your top three here in a second. After I remind you guys that if you are excited, just like we are for college football, we are almost two weeks out before the start of the season. If you have not yet got your bets in order, we strongly suggest you hit up Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action. College football is nearly in full swing, and you don't want to miss any of the action at betonline.ag. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, college football, and more. Before the season starts, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great Sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines. This is your chance to get into the game this season. Head to that website. Use that mobile device to sign up, and you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. Sitting here with AJ Black from Locked On Boston College tonight, talking through his top five ACC football coaches that he, that he thinks is going to Really take it over the edge this season. But more importantly, if you want to see his full list, you can hit up at Locked on ACC on Twitter. We will talk through that list. We'll have a pleasant debate. You know, always good with a healthy conversation. Sure. I would love to know the top three here. So, AJ, what you got for me? Number three. Number three is my, probably easily my most controversial pick. Oh, now, <laughs> I could have easily picked Dave Clawson or Dave Doran. But okay. As I said to, to Candace before the show, I find both of them kind of boring. <laughs> like Dave Clawson is a nice seven win coach every year. And, and Dave Doran is a nice eight win coach every year. And that's nice, but they're not up there in terms of like the elite coaches in the ACC. I picked a coach for number three mm-hmm. that I really think, you know, he struggled in the last couple of years and I think he'll probably be done after this year, but I think he uh, really brought his program up from the dregs of, of the ACC. And that's Dave, David Cutcliffe. Okay. Because I, I really believe like you really have to go back and look at the history of Duke football. They were the basement of the ACC year after year. And I know things have been tough the last couple of years and you know, they, they don't look like they're going to be much better this year. They could be, they know they get their running back. I like what he does. And I, I, you know, they, they've been to big bowl games. I know they let Johnny Manziel, uh, you know, run wild on them, their last big bowl game, but that, that in itself shows you what kind of coach coach, uh, coach cut is. And I think all the coaches revere him in the ACC and for good reason. I think he's a good coach. A hundred percent. Now, listen, I don't know if it's a thing you have for Dave's, but David, you know, you're rocking with. So I, I feel that. I feel that. I also think that Dave 
Clawson and Dave Doran are quite boring, but Dave Clawson to me has the sweetest job in the ACC because Wake Forest only cares about but so much when it comes to football. Like as long as you don't like rock the boat or you don't cause a whole lot of scandal, you're good to go. Dave Doran, NC State after a while, they're going to realize that they could win a couple games more, but maybe not. And they're fine with that. If they happen to beat Clemson, great. But when you talk about Duke, like the bar is just, are you guys having fun? Are we making like great men out of this? Can we get some good stories and memories and all of that good stuff? And occasionally have some guys go to the league. And that's just where the bar. And I think Coach Cutcliffe is synonymous with Duke football. Like you cannot talk about that program without everything that he's done to make it better, right? Put it in conversation, yep. have a couple upsets in the coastal, right? We They've been in conversations in the coastal. I think probably the craziest games I've seen you know, in with my own two eyes would be whenever Duke plays Pitt, it's always a wild time. Like something always goes crazy, whether Pitt's defense gets a little bit too rowdy or Duke just cannot get out of its own way. They can't protect the ball. Like there's always something, but I think that just speaks. They're in the perfect side of the division for that. Cause I think if they were in the Atlantic, we probably wouldn't give them any love and they would just be like, okay, thanks for playing. But the, the coastal, there's always a little bit, a baby bit of hope. Yeah. And when they were at their top, when they had Daniel Jones and they had some of those, you know, really strong offenses, it, they were a challenge every year. They were hard out out of the coastal. And that's that's testament to David, David, David Cutcliffe. You know, he has the history with the Mannings and he was able to build quarterbacks out of a program that had no history of it. Uh, so that, that I think that's a testament to what he's doing. And it kind of it kind of sinks that this will probably I, I'm guessing he's going to probably retire in the next year or two. Um, but it seems like he's going to kind of flame out. but it shouldn't really uh, blemish his past and what he's done with this program. hundred percent. I refuse to let Chase Bryce ruin it for coach. Cutler. I refuse his right. lack of being able to secure the ball one, but I don't know. Coach Clut is out here on social media with his shirt off showing his six pack, maybe a six, six pack adjacent out here on socials. He's saying he feels good, better than ever. So and he had the snake going. the other day. Did yeah, you see that, that video exactly. too? <laughs> <laughs> like, first of all, do not understand snakes whatsoever, but also any man who can get, Daniel Jones high in the draft. I just clearly you, you got the juice. you got some sort of, you know, snake oil salesman opportunity in you. Cause as a Giants <laughs> fan, don't see it, but Hey, I'm yep. not, I'm not knocking it whatsoever. All right. Number two, who we got for us. It's it's, it's your boy, Mac Brown. Uh, I knew it. I, <laughs> I think it's going to be two and one, the same every, yeah. every single day, which is fine. It's totally fine. But I'll, I, I'll, I'll give you my reason. Please. I, I mean, I know they were eight and four last year, but I remember what UNC was for years. Yeah. And it took so long after all of the, the academics violations, all the, 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 the garbage that the program went through Mac Brown Brown comes in. And I, I have to admit when he was hired, I was not sold on that. I was like, Oh, really? Why? Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's an older coach. I just yeah. figured, you know, UNC, I felt like needed like a young up and comer from like a G five school. And I, I, I'm on lockdown Boston College. I am fast to admit when I'm wrong. I was totally dead wrong on this <laughs> uh, because I think Matt Brown, Mac Brown is setting up UNC to be the power of the, uh, you know, between them and Miami, if they're going to be the power of the coastal and he's, his recruiting is out of this world right now. I mean, I just saw, I forget the kid's name, but they're, they're the favorite to win a five-star defensive lineman coming out next year. Uh, beating out like Alabama and Georgia, you you you've already. I mean, if you can bring the Tar Heels reputation that high, you have the on-field success, and you're looking to do even more this year. 
I mean, on top of everything he did at Texas, it's going to be Mac Brown at number two for me. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of people, especially in North Carolina media, were not high on him. Everybody was not sold on the fact. But if you think about it, Larry Fedora was the young up and coming. Maybe he'll do something with this bad boy. And he did. Right. We definitely had some great moments with Fedora. I won't even hold you. But, you know, if you can't handle outside stuff, which Carolina obviously does not need any more help with the drama when it comes to outside (laughs) stuff. Like you have to find someone who is a no nonsense, who's been to the top, who knows what it takes to get to the top and can reel people in. I I appreciate, you know, that that older coach and that wisdom and experience, because like he, the proof is in the pudding. He's coached guys at the very top level. He's coached the Ricky Williams of the world, the Vince Young's. And I feel like, you know, he probably should never have left us, but that's to hear another thing. Sometimes you've got to come back home and you got to realize what it's good for. But I see why, why would he not be number one? Um, so that for me, it was tough, uh, but <laughs> my number one obviously is Dabo. Yeah. And for me, Dabo is, you know, there's Nick Saban as the top coach of, in the country and it's not even close. And then there's Dabo at two Ryan day is like right below him. I love mm. Ryan day, former Boston college offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, think he's he i think he's great too but it's dabo and ryan day and then it's like falling off a cliff like (laughs) because i i I don't know i just think those three guys and then lincoln riley's up there but until oklahoma can figure out how to run a defense i can't yeah um but those three schools i mean dabo is the guy and i think um you know what he's done with clemson to get them to be such a a powerhouse in the national t- conversation year after year he just reloads and reloads it's very alabama like and mm-hmm. and not not even like that's not even bashing clemson at all right like alabama is a as a as a truck and then clemson's right below them and dabo does it dabo does it everywhere he's got the he's got the best coordinators you know he's got brent venables out there right. coaching for him he's the best recruiter he's got all these guys and then he's building a program that is the class of the ACC and it's not even close. We'll see. I'm confused as to why people don't put coach Kelly from Notre Dame up in the conversation. Cause clearly they get into college football playoffs and they get into top conversations every single year. Why is he not in the coaching, you know, hierarchy, like the rounding of them all in debates every time. Just saying. So, no key, all right. all shade. Let me put on my maroon and gold hat and bash the Notre Dame for a bit. And then this is, I, I, I have to, to preface this with saying that I, yes, I know Boston college hasn't been relevant. I get yeah. it. I'm saying this though, Notre Dame, every time they get to the playoffs, I think they had one game that they won and they've been smoked every other game they've played. So they don't get up there. They get there because they schedule it and you know, they win games here and there, but when they get to the playoffs, you know, Ryan Day wins, Dabo Swinney wins, heck, Kirby Smart at Georgia wins. Yeah. Brian Kelly does not win. He gets he gets beat bad in, in, in and I know they kind of hung a little bit with Alabama this year. I just I, I he has to do a, he needs to do a little more for him to get there. And I think he's a good coach. I just think he needs to get up a, a little bit more. Yeah. Winning when it matters. That's that's always key, because a lot of people will remember like, oh, the 10 win seasons. Oh, they were great. Blah, blah, blah. But if you can't win the big big one if you can't even compete in these like the great matchups we, we just remember you guys getting smacked that's even almost worse off yeah i mean yeah that's what you want you for him to get to that next level he's got to he's got to win something he's got to he's got to win i mean last year would have been a perfect opportunity win the acc yeah uh, and we, but you know and they beat they beat clemson and that game was amazing but 
they didn't get to the next level. So a hundred percent. Well, there's always time for them to do big things. And of course we hope that eventually they'll find their way to the ACC, but like we have been talking about all summer long, there's different conversations going on about alliances, about merging, who's going to join who. And of course, there's reports coming out about the Big Ten Pac-12 and ACC potentially forming an alliance. I think it's kind of crazy. Not sure I understand. And I want AJ to explain that to me. But first, I got to remind you guys about Bill Bar, the nine delicious flavors, and even more, some really limited time flavors that come out occasionally are ready for you to try. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. I have not heard a Locked On Podcast Network host who has not gotten a box and been disappointed. can strongly urge you guys to just get a mix box, right? You can get two of each of the nine flavors, try what you want, find your favorite, if peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, or even salted caramel, whatever you choose. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Order today and get yours. Whatever you would like, go to BillBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BillBar.com. Wrapping up today's show, talking about alliances, Big Ten, Pac-12, ACC. There have been rumors that they would form an alliance. I think that's absolutely the wildest thing. And more and more we're seeing how college football, college sports in general are becoming machines. We already knew that, but, you know, caring about the traditions and the rivalry seems to be a thing of the past. And I would love to know your thoughts about this alliance even forming, or if you just feel like it's just people talking for the summer. So the, I mean, when I heard the, the reports can, so that's the first thing I saw. And then I saw that it was the athletic reporting it. And I was like, okay, this is yeah. a little bit more than um, that. I think it was some South Carolina radio reporter when it was the Clemson and Florida State to the SEC thing that popped earlier this year. So I, I think that kind of caught my attention. And what I read when I read more into this report, it, it, it made a little bit more sense because it started up right after Oklahoma and Texas went to the SEC. And so it sounded like the report said that basically uh the Big Ten commissioner, ACC commissioner, and Pac-12 commissioner saw what the SEC was doing. It's like, what are we going to do about this? Mm-hmm. And then decided, hey, we can schedule each other and make this more interesting. Boom. This is what you get for an alliance. And <laughs> they didn't get into the specifics of where they're at. But according to Max Olson's report on The Athletic, it's not just rumors. It's been like high level discussion. So it seems like it's going. It could go somewhere. Now, this you know, high level discussions could also obviously fizzle out. Right. But it also could mean that they're getting somewhere with this. And it's something that is worth investigating and kind of looking into. Would it only be for football or for, would it be for all sports? Because that's what seems crazy to me. It sounds like football right now because okay. it's that cash cow. Um, okay. And, but like, you know, with the ACC, they already have a, a, a challenge with the Big Ten and basketball for women's and yeah. men's sports. Um, you know, you how hard would it be to include the Pac-12 in that and then just, you know, make it, make it their own mid-level tournament, you know, multi-team tournament that they have instead of doing like, you know, some of those other games they have, you know, just have, you know, these different pods of, you know, the three, three conferences play each other and you, you get, you know, something there you can do, you can easily figure out how to do that. But for football, I think that this in itself does, it answers a lot of questions and it makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Right. So Clemson and Florida State are the two schools from the ACC that have been rumored to be, you know, looking elsewhere or possibly right. co- being courted by the SEC. 
And the reason why is because those two schools are, you know, they're the powerhouses, the, or the historical powerhouses of the, of the conference. But, you know, the big reason that they, they would, would move is that they don't get to play a lot of schools like Florida state, you know, they, they get to play wake forest. Why, why would that interest their fans? Now, if Florida state can play Michigan, hmm, all of a sudden this gets interesting. Or mm-hmm. if Clemson can play Oregon, right. all of a sudden now you start to see like, okay, now all these interesting options start to pop up. And Candace, the biggest thing that I see with this, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago is Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Watch this. If this happens, watch what happens with Notre Dame because their big issue was, was scheduling independence, right? Mm-hmm. If, if they want to play USC, they want to play Stanford, they want to play... Michigan or Michigan State, hello, they're already in their schedule now. Wouldn't yeah. it make sense to join the ACC? So they're part of this. So there's a lot of interesting things that could happen if they play their cards right. But this is all, you know, as you said, it's like it's it's beginning conversation, but there's a lot of interesting um, outcomes that could come out of this. See, Commissioner Phillips did not give me any of the vibes that he was in cahoots with other conferences talking about that. He just was very all ACC. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of upset. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like he was just so hard up on ensuring that the ACC was put on the map that he didn't care about stuff like this. But maybe he does. We listen. I'm not in the, the day in, day out of the conversations. But I, I mean, I think it would all be interesting. My only thing, again, is like, OK, yes, it's great for football, but does it spill into other sports? And how does that really work? And then, you know, just from a student, from an athlete perspective, like having to travel from Chapel Hill to go to USC, like that sounds nice. But, you know, if we're talking about athletics, I mean, academics being a priority and you, know, you have to go to the West Coast three times a year, it might be a little difficult. But I don't know. I'm just being, uh, you know, uh, I understand what you're saying, but like, yeah. think of it this, think of it this way. So say the ACC does a seven game conference schedule, right? Mm-hmm. They cut one of the uh, the cross divisional games, which I don't think any ACC team would care because, like, you know, you, you could get rid of the the ACC, like the Virginia Tech game between BC, things like that. But you get you do seven there, and then you do you could either do you know two SEC, ACC Pac twelve games, two um, Big Ten games, and then one other. So you got your twelve games right there. Um, but it, like, think of like, if those are the, those four games that you're doing are replacing your out of conference schedule, like you just shut out the sec or you shut out doing Mac Mac games or FCS school games, which I get like, those are like the lifeblood of those programs. But if it means the ACC continues or the sec just trucks the entire college football system, I think I'm going to go with, sorry, Mac Mac programs, but we're going to have to do that. It makes a lot of sense, right? Instead of mm-hmm. playing Central Michigan, you're now playing Illinois. Or instead of playing, you know, Colorado State, you're now playing USC. So it kind of it kind of fits in because it's it, yeah, maybe it'd be a little bit longer of a commute, but you're going to do that anyways against a, a smaller program. Absolutely. And I will say it might get even harder for the group 5 schools when you have the conversations before the college football playoff committee about choosing them because once you're playing power five conferences more frequent or power five other power five schools more frequently then you say okay we're playing high level competition all the time right like you can make state your case about why you should get into the top four and then if you go into expansion conversations that's just a whole nother ball game so i think it is it's something to think about something to take away and i hope that if the listeners are listening and have thoughts on it they hit us up at locked on acc on twitter let us know 
what you guys think about a potential alliance between the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC. More importantly, let us know your thoughts on uh, AJ's full list of coaches where he has people in the middle. I would love to know who your number 14 is, person, since I had AJ, you know, I mean, JJ, excuse me, reveal his. It's only fitting, right, that I know who the coach that you have on the bottom. Justin Fuente. <laughs> <laughs> I've, Listen, you're I've, not I've, by I've, yourself. We've been on the show what for like six weeks now. I've been your co-host for yes. once a week. And I've I've bashed Justin Fuente probably every <laughs> single week. And this week is gonna be no different. So he's my number 14. I think he's gone after the season. He's got he's got great potential there at Virginia Tech, a school that has a, you know history under um Beamer, but yeah. I haven't seen it under him. I think he's not the answer and he's gonna be gone. Listen, you are not by yourself. AJ, I appreciate your time and all of your insight and your wisdom per usual. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work? Yeah, sure. I am the uh, host of Lockdown Boston College. You can find me on all the uh, podcast apps. Uh, You can just look up Lockdown Boston College. I've talked about the ACC Alliance. You can check it out there. I'm also on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button there. It's a growing uh, army of Lockdown Boston College fans. Uh, But we do talk some ACC stuff too. So if you want to check that out, I'm also the um, editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. You can check out all my work there. And um, on all socials, you just look up AJ Black underscore BC and uh, you should find me. Wonderful. And you know, that's a man who is clearly busy, but he gets it done and he is certainly an expert in his field. So I strongly encourage you guys to follow him there. And if you are looking for information, let's say about betting again this fall, maybe you want to hit up the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q. And handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, law specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. For Candace Cooper and AJ Black, we hope you have a great day. And until next time. You are Locked on ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. 